This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create an exceptional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to Squarespace.com and use the offer code COOKIE. Molly. And I'm Matthew. And we sound really good this week. I know, don't we? Yes. Uh, this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today we are talking about sushi. Oh, yes. We are sitting here with some takeout sushi, and it's really, it's a minor feast. And I feel like we have to, um, we have a few disclaimers that we have to disclaim. First of all, this is our second attempt to, re- to record a sushi episode. Uh, the first time we tried to go gorilla style and record a sushi episode in a sushi restaurant, that did not work. No, we were wearing like lapel mics and we were trying to to be clever and also discreet. And that's just a, a combination that never works out. Right. So people were looking at us like, why are these people talking like they're on a radio show and uh, they're <laughs> apparently just sitting in the sushi restaurant? And like we were, you know how sometimes you, there's a crazy person in the restaurant acting erratic? That was us. Well, I also felt like I kept talking about all the things I don't know about sushi. And I felt like there were all these like Japanese students sitting around us you know, <laughs> who, who looked like, like they were legit. Well, I think I think that should be like our second disclaimer is that uh, we are not sushi experts and uh, this is not a show where we teach you uh, the right way to eat sushi and everything to know about sushi because we don't know everything there is to know about sushi. We know maybe, I don't know, 11% of what there is to know. I hope that our readers already, I mean, our listeners, (laughs) I hope our listeners already understand this about us, that on average, we only understand about, what do you say, 9%? of what we're talking about, maybe maybe 11. Yeah, sometimes I have to listen to past episodes of this show to, to learn about things that I forgot since we recorded the show. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you're like, remember on that French toast episode? Like, uh, you know, what do they call French toast in France? I had, to, I had to go back and check. Yeah, somebody recently left a comment on our website uh, referring to a mention I had made about a New Yorker article about plant intelligence. Yes. And I already don't remember the gist of the article. The gist is that plants, they are getting together, they're they're forming an army, they're invading, kind of Macbeth style. 
I've never read Macbeth. Well, there's a part where a forest, I mean, spoiler alert, there's a part where a forest <laughs> attacks Macbeth and, and kills him is at there, the end. Is there a part where there's like a, a, like a spot that they need to get out? Yes, and also we should be saying the Scottish play or the rest of this broadcast is doomed. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, it's a theater thing. You can't say Macbeth or it's bad luck. You have to say the Scottish play. Oh, okay. So okay. so this is so it's the, the Scottish podcast. That was last week. Uh, okay, great. <laughs> no, actually, by the time this episode is out, that's like several weeks ago. Moving right along, we are going to talk about sushi. We have, have already begun eating because we were really hungry. Yes. But what we have here today, well, Matthew, why don't you introduce it? Okay. Do I have to introduce the things we already ate? That yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't think I remember those things. Okay, I can help um, you. Okay, so we got some mackerel. We've got spicy tuna roll. We've got a uh, hamachi and green onion roll. Hamachi, also known as yellowtail. Yes, we have eel. We have salmon. Well, we had salmon. We had salmon. Uh, we had uh, striped bass with shiso and ponzu. We've got some uh, inari sushi, which are the ones in the little sweet tofu pockets. Which I've never had. Sweet tofu pockets. That's <laughs> fun to say. <laughs> Let's begin, as we always do, with a little trip down memory lane. Matthew, when did you first eat sushi? I first ate sushi in fourth grade, and it was a miserable experience. Was it like somebody brought it into school, and you guys were all supposed to taste it, and everybody was freaking out? And- yeah, it was exactly like that. It was on a field trip. We were studying Japan, and we went to a sushi place, and everyone had to try it. And like, has it ever happened in history that a kid has been told, you have to try this thing, you'll, maybe you'll like it, and they actually liked it? No. I don't think so. No. So you didn't like it? Uh, no, I, I almost barfed. Wow, and, really? Uh, oh, yeah. Like, like I remember vividly how disgusted I was. I don't even know what kind of sushi it was. Probably something extremely innocuous. I had that same experience with an oyster as a kid. Ah. Um, you know, my, my parents are both from the East Coast, and I have half-siblings who live over there. And so, you, you know... You mean half-shell siblings. Half-shell siblings. Yeah, good one. Anyway, and so at holidays and things, often if somebody was flying in from the East Coast, they'd bring some oysters and it was a big deal to eat them. Sure. And yeah, I almost barfed. Yeah, oysters were definitely on my list of like weird things my parents eat that I don't want to go anywhere near when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Now I like them. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, Yeah, so sushi, I I didn't come around on sushi till I was like 20. How about you? I don't really remember the first time I had it. I'm pretty sure that the first sushi I ever had... Uh, wasn't even raw. I think it was a California roll. Sure. Which I still think of as the like the peanut butter and jelly of sushi. Absolutely. It's just like it, it is a a combination that is so good and so lovable. Like just I feel like it's universally lovable. It really is. And like I feel like I'm kind of lukewarm on several of the ingredients of the California roll and yet altogether I'm totally into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well anyway, I grew up in Oklahoma City. As, as we've established. As we've established, uh, which is kind of the, the definition of landlocked. And yet we had a sushi restaurant. We still have a sushi, res- sushi restaurant called uh, Tokyo, fittingly enough. Yeah. And it was and is quite good. Specializing in, in fish caught in the pond out back. Yes, exactly. Just all catfish all the time. Yes. Now, it's really quite good. My mom still gets sushi from there. And uh, and I have really good memories of going there as a kid. I mean, I probably only ate California rolls. Yeah. Do you know, have still. you had this... Uh this thing said to you that, like, uh, in, in America, um, the quality of, uh, of seafood uh, tends to be better the further you get from the coast. I have heard that said. I think there's some truth to it. Well, the thing is, is 
you know, with the exception of, of ultra seasonal, ultra fresh, straight off the boat stuff, like, you know, when we get salmon here in season or halibut straight off the boat or whatever Dungeness crab that we catch ourselves, go Seattle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I, I just caught one while you were saying that. Other, other <laughs> just, than, just in my sink. Other than that, everything is flown in from everywhere. Yeah. And sushi is almost always frozen before you eat it. Yeah. This is another thing. I, I kind of don't understand why pregnant women aren't supposed to eat sushi. Did you eat sushi when you were pregnant? I did eat some raw salmon that was presented to me once in a restaurant, and I, I kind of felt like I had to eat some of it. But it, like, and was, was your baby and like, ruined? Oh, yeah. June was completely ruined by it. Uh, I'm pretty sure that it is why she's been waking up at 530 in the morning the past like three days. Here's here's what I think. I think there's I think there's two things at work. This uh, knee jerk fear of raw fish, which is which is misplaced because it's mostly frozen, and uh, which which kills a lot of the bad stuff and retards the growth of the other bad stuff. But there, I mean, there is some truth to it in the sense that sushi is something that people put their bare hands on mm-hmm. a lot before it gets served to you. And if you're going to have a problem, that's most likely where it's coming from, not from the fish. But frankly. Mm-hmm particularly in high-end restaurants, you find a lot of chefs not using gloves when they're supposed to. Absolutely. I mean, particularly in high-end restaurants where plating is of the utmost importance. So I don't really buy that bare hand contact. Uh, Certainly, it makes food more risky. But uh, there's so many foods that people illegally handle with bare hands. Risky is delicious. Matthew. Yes? There are some words... (laughs) Well, words that you can't say on television? Words I can't say on television. Uh-huh. Are there seven of them? There are some Japanese words that are associated with sushi, and I don't know how to say them. Oh, I can probably help with this, except, like, I don't know, if you, if you hold yourself out as, like, an expert in pronunciation of anything, aren't you just, like, asking to get slapped down? <laughs> yes. So let's do it. Let's right, get let's, you slapped okay, down. Let's get slapped. So, okay, so nigiri. Am I saying that right? Yeah, close enough. Okay, you say it. Uh, nigiri. Okay, everybody attack him. Uh, maki. Am yeah. I saying that right? Yes. Okay. And so what, uh, so maki is just a roll? Yep. Okay. Anything great. rolled is, is and maki. And nigiri is just fish on a piece of rice? Yep. Great. Okay. Anything else I need to know? Um, well, I mean, let's, let's talk about like, there, there are other formats besides nigiri and maki. There's this question of like, what makes sushi sushi? Because... Uh, oh my God, this is going to get really uh, philosophical. Yeah. What makes sushi sushi? If it, uh, if it doesn't have rice, I don't think it's sushi for the most part. Because sushi refers to the rice. Yeah. Right? Like the, the vinegared rice. Okay. Because if it's not sushi, it's sashimi. <laughs> if it's not sushi, it's kra. <laughs> <laughs> um, Have you ever had... So one of the, the things that I remember most fondly about Tokyo Sushi Bar in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, big shout out to Tokyo, is their pressed sushi which oh, I'm sure lots sushi. of places have, but that was the first and maybe the only place I've ever had it. Basically, uh, like they took a wooden, shallow, shallow wooden box and put rice in it. And the rice was mixed with some tobiko, those like flying yeah. fish eggs. And then, so they patted down a layer of rice. Then they put some like crackly tempura bits on top of the rice, then some more rice, and then thin pieces of different kinds of fish. And then they like put saran wrap over it, put a lid on it, pressed it. And then cut it into squares. And so you get this like wonderful textural experience, this buried crunchy tempura batter. You get the fish and the rice. And I think it might be my favorite version of sushi. I love pressed sushi. I would like to to note for the benefit of our um, 
listeners of Japanese descent that I know that press sushi uh, does not always have crunchy tempura bits and fish eggs and stuff mixed in. Oh, why are you making fun of me? <laughs> I'm not. You're, you're basically throwing I, me under the bus. I ad- no, I so admire basically... your, your homespun Oklahoma way. <laughs> Ouch! Now I am basically, I'm devastated. You basically just cast me aside and said it sounds delicious. Molly's full of bullshit. No, no, no. That that <clears throat> absolutely, you know, totally still oshizushi pressed sushi. I hate you. Let's do a French food episode, and I'll shame you a whole bunch. Uh, we're gonna do that, right? Sure. No, for for the benefit of, of subscribers, we have a, a France versus Japan SmackDown episode planned. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, about I am it. too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that was actually going to be my third disclaimer for this episode that I'm going to be like an intolerable Japanophile bastard for most of this episode. Okay. So why don't you just carry on? Just run roughshod over me. Just um, do it. Great. What <laughs> What's our next topic? <laughs> Okay, here's a topic you're going to love. Crazy American sushi rolls. How do you feel about these? I have a a knee-jerk negative reaction to them. The Philadelphia roll. Philadelphia cream cheese, smoked salmon. I I have a philosophical objection, but not really a gustatory objection. Because you like it. Because... Because they taste good. I mean, you, you put a whole bunch so of good stuff together and roll it up. So does tempura batter in pressed sushi. I said it sounded good. <laughs> All of our listeners who've been wanting us to like really get into it, they're going to love this episode. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of dumb things are, are delicious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What else is dumb that's delicious? Reese's, Reese's peanut butter <clears throat> holiday shapes. Totally dumb. Totally delicious. I think it's cool... It's it's admirable Funyuns. in a way. Funyuns, dumb, delicious. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Have you tried um, pressed sushi with crushed funyuns in place of tempura <laughs> bits? Delicious. You know, I, I don't eat the crazy rolls a lot because I feel too embarrassed to order them. But if someone else has ordered them, then I'll like reach over on their plate and pull a chunk off of that and uh, and have it for myself. Great. That's my that's my policy. Um, my policy is larceny. <laughs> Do you have a favorite of the crazy American sushi rolls, aside from, obviously, the California roll? My mom likes to order a spider roll. Which, oh, that's isn't delicious. is that the one with, with soft-shell crab? Yeah, fried yeah. soft-shell yeah, crab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty wonderful. It is. Yeah, I, I don't know how you could argue with that. <laughs> I was just saying, when I was in Japan, I was talking to someone about sushi. La, I, la, yeah. la, la, we'll, we'll, la. Yeah, we'll edit every, every Every sentence that starts, when I was in Japan, we're going to mm. edit out, except for when I tell you about this crazy sushi restaurant in a little bit. Let's let's pause to thank a sponsor. How about okay, that? Okay, let's do. So um, this episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own amazing website or blog. Mm-hmm. Squarespace, you know, we've told you about Squarespace before. You've heard of Squarespace. Why, why do you need to get some Squarespace into your life? Well, for one thing, they have a number of beautiful templates that you can use to very quickly and easily start your beautiful website. Yeah, and that number is at least 20, and they're adding new stuff all the time. They now have a logo creation. Creator. This is this is new. You can now um, create yourself a professional looking logo at uh, at no charge. I totally need that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I need one just for my life. Like uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it'll be like picture of me going. Hey. Uh, they also have a wonderful customer support team, and I don't know about you, but 
when I am attempting to do something online at like midnight and it's not working, boy, I would love a good customer support team. Um, and when you say that, you're talking about Snapchat, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they have an amazing customer support team that's available 24-7. Basically, Squarespace is the easiest way to go from an idea to a great looking working website in like 10 minutes. Wonderful. They're also offering a code for spilled milk listeners only. Yeah, 10% off your first order if you use the code COOKIE. Yeah, COOKIE. So, like, like cookie. <laughs> yes. Um, if you are making a Cookie Monster fan site, get over to Squarespace, <laughs> use the code cookie, um, post all your dirtiest pics of Cookie Monster. <laughs> and when I say dirtiest, I mean covered with cookie crumbs. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be fun making a website. When was the last time? making something online was fun don't don't answer that by any means uh this is a family advertisement <laughs> um so squarespace it's everything you need to make an exceptional website when we were trying to keep june happy in the car once recently you set her up with squarespace <clears throat> I, I had her make a squarespace website and she had so much fun yeah it was all about drooling Brandon was looking up YouTube videos from Sesame Street, and we stumbled upon a cache of Cookie Monster videos, and one was about him being in a boat made of cookies. Oh, wow. And it's really funny. Like, maybe we should watch it when we're done recording this. Can we make a link to that? Yeah, maybe we can. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. There was also another really good one where he said something like, oh, I cannot stop thinking about cookie. And the way that he said it was just so... Orgasmic? Yeah, it was just great. We'll try to find it. Okay, great. Okay. Can I can I talk about uh, first of all? Can we not talk about Cookie Monster orgasms ever again? <laughs> and secondly, um, can can I tell a story from Japan? Sure. In Japan, there are several sushi chains, and they are conveyor belt sushi chains. And you know, uh, we have conveyor belt sushi restaurants here in the U.S. Uh, where you know you sit down at a conveyor belt, and there's plates going around, and you pull off whatever you want, and it's great. But we do not have them like they have in Japan. Iris, my daughter, and I got obsessed with this place called Kurazushi. And here's how it works. You go, you sit down, and there's a conveyor belt of stuff going around, and everybody ignores it. Because also, at your seat, there is an iPad. And you order what you want by touching pictures of, like, a hundred different things from the iPad. And then... One minute later, the thing you ordered comes shooting along on a separate conveyor belt and stops right in front of you. This sounds like a video game. It is like living in a video game, and everything costs a dollar. Uh, yes. How much I, would I you pay? I have a mouthful of mackerel. <laughs> How much would you pay for this mouthful of mackerel? Two dollars? No. A dollar. If you, if you call now, one dollar. If you go to Japan, do go to one of these uh, conveyor belt sushi chains. It is really is the sushi good it is is it great is it like jiro dreams of sushi sushi no but it is better than a lot of sushi that i've paid more for in america it's pretty darn good and it is the most amazing restaurant experience i've ever had wow like not not in not in terms of like you know that was the meal i'll remember for my whole life because it was so delicious it was like this is the craziest thing i have ever been a part of and, uh, and, you know, families in Japan go to these places all the time, and it's, uh, you know, totally an everyday thing. We were like, oh, my God, this is the greatest. <laughs> I think maybe we might have stuck out a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Mostly because you guys were just totally freaking out and jumping up and down in your seat. Okay, last, last question, I think. What, what are your favorite nigiri zushi, the finger of rice with fish on top piece? You know, thanks to you, in part, I have come to really love mackerel. Mm. 
It has such a wonderful silky texture and it is just the perfect amount of fishiness. Like just just right. Like it says like I'm fish without screaming like you're going to puke. <laughs> <laughs> um I had one of those big mouth Billy Bass singing fish things. Something went wrong and it kept screaming, you're going to puke. I had to call Squarespace. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I also, <clears throat> I also really enjoy when it's in season wild salmon. It is so silky. It, too, is is an oily fish like mackerel, so um, it can be a little on the fishy side, but it is so smooth. Like, it's just, it, it almost has a sweetness to it. I love it. Yeah. I, I That said, I'm pretty tame. Like, I'm scared of uni. Oh, uni, the sea urchin gonads. Yeah. I, I like it, but I it took me a long, many tries. You know how they say, like, uh, serve serve this food to your kids 12 times and maybe they'll like it by then. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how it was for me with uni. I had to like force myself to keep trying it. And I do like it now. I have had it in non-sushi preparations. Like an uni pasta type yes, of thing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, it, it is, it, it, it's hard not to love. Like it is just. It is a living sauce. Yeah. I mean, it is so savory. Like it, it's, it's sexy. Yeah. It's yeah, great. It is a sexy, sexy thing. That said, there's something that's really intimidating to me about just naked uni on rice. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know who really gets off on it? Cookie Monster, (laughs) oddly enough. Uh, Why? Okay, Uh, what about you? What are your favorite pieces? I am definitely in favor of uh, the ones you mentioned. I do love uni. I like I like some of the white fishes. Um, I like, uh, you know, like a striped bass um, Mm -hmm. or a snapper type of fish. I, I think for me, I like I like it simple. Great. For me, I, why did I break into that weird voice? I don't know. I, I kind of unnerved myself there. And uh, I do, yeah, mackerel is by far my favorite. I would just kind of eat a box of mackerel sushi. Like, mm-hmm. if, you, if you brought me a pressed sushi, like, with or without crunchy tempura bits or funyuns, um, <laughs> and it had mackerel on top, which I think is probably the most common fish for pressed sushi really? in Japan. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, I would just happily eat the whole thing oh that sounds fantastic so it's okay so just to clarify so pressed sushi should just be sushi rice and fish on top well honestly when whenever whenever we get into shoulds with food Mm. i get a little nervous because like i think it should be like whatever you want to eat and i like mine with tempura batter i am i am into it yeah you would be i would be I think we just about covered it. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I think that more than exhausts our sushi expertise. I- I'm exhausted. Uh, yeah. I, you know, we want to hear from you. Um, what, is, what is your favorite sushi? Did you have any um, scarring childhood sushi experiences? How do you feel about Oklahoma-style sushi? Mm-hmm. Is there a, is there a, like, if there were an Oklahoma roll, was there an Oklahoma roll? I think that, so you know how there's often like a Korean dynamite roll yes. with, with kimchi or something? I'm pretty sure there was an Oklahoma dynamite but I can't remember what was in it. <laughs> Actual dynamite. There was also a Nichols Hills roll, which was named for the the kind of wealthy neighborhood that Tokyo is on the edge of. <laughs> and, and it had a roll of Nichols in it. <laughs> it was very hard to eat. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Um, I'm so used to the phrase Nichols Hills. Um, that's, yeah, wow. it's a lot of S's. <laughs> anyway, you can find us at spilledmilkpodcast.com. And at facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes. Yes, you can. Thank you for sp- <laughs> listening to Spilled Milk. How much would you pay for this episode? One dollar? Fifty cents? How about nothing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amster-Burton. Here, I thought we were just going to go commando. <laughs> Again? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>